Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. Any Christian will tell you that the gospel of Christ is the good news of salvation. If there's one thing the devil hates in this world more than all others is any good news about Jesus and his plan to save our souls. So Satan has devised endless ways of keeping us separated from God. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries, and Dr. Jennings has suggested that today's program be entitled How Human Economics corrupts the gospel. Dr. Jennings joins us via Skype. What are you talking about? What do you mean by that, Dr. Jennings? Let's talk about the difference between God's economy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and human economies. These are completely different. God is the creator. He builds reality. His laws are the laws about which life operates, laws of physics and health and so forth. Human beings, we can't build realities. We make up rules and then we enforce the rules by punishment. These are the big differences if you look at the general, but then we get into economics. Think about the economics. The core foundation behind all human economies is the law of buying and selling and ownership. This is how human economies work. Nothing is free in this life. We must pay for it, and we must ultimately possess it and own it if it's valuable to us. Mm -hmm. Purchase it with money or labor or trade. Nothing is free. And the more we own, the more secure we feel. This is exactly the opposite of God's economy and how he built life to operate. And he built it to operate on free giving without expectation of payment. Matthew 10, 8. Freely you have received, freely give. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. The Bible describes God's economy as a system of free giving, and it is by free giving that we become rich. This is nonsense Mm -hmm. to the selfish, me-first survival world. Mm -hmm. In Satan's kingdom, the more you take, the more you hoard, the more you store up, the more you have. If you give it away, you just deplete your resources. It's only by consuming, taking, and possessing that we get ahead. And then when we look at the world's currencies and prices, they're all made up. They're all arbitrary constructs. There is no inherent value on a piece of paper with a picture of a dead president on it. It's assigned value by the government. That is not how God assigns value. Property ownership, arbitrary in some history and societies, only people of certain genetic bloodlines, the royalty, could own property or the aristocracy could own. Or in our society, you buy and sell pieces of land, but do you have mineral rights or can you drill or frack or can a state put a highway through the property that it says you own? Or do you have water rights or grazing rights and on and on and on, all the made up arbitrary rules Go, well, how much is your property worth? How much can we tax you for that property? And so on, and so on, and so on. It's all made up. Mm -hmm. It's just artificial. That is not how God's government works. So understanding this idea of buying and selling and owning, of purchasing and paying, this idea of economy merged with the idea of God's law works like human law, system of rules that require judicial oversight and punishment, has caused the gospel to be presented falsely, that Jesus came to pay our penalty. 
Jesus came to purchase our salvation. Mm. Jesus came to take all the sins upon himself so that God could punish him and pay the legal debt. Okay, And this simply is just based on a human worldview, not a God worldview, a human law system, not a God law system, a human economy, not a God economy. The reality of God's kingdom is that, just think it through, ask you a couple basic questions. When Adam sinned in Eden, did God get changed? No, no. Did God's law get changed? Not one jot or tittle, I'd say. Did the condition of humankind get changed? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. So if we're going to fix the sin problem, do we have to do something to pay God? <laughs> no, no. Do we have to do something to pay God's law? No. Do we have to do something to actually fix humankind? There we go. And you may call it fix, you may call it heal, you may call it restore. Or let's use Bible metaphors. You take out the heart of stone, put it in a heart of flesh. Yes. Circumcise the heart by the Holy Spirit. Write the law of God in the heart and mind. Be reborn, be recreated, be regenerated. In fact, all the entire teaching of Scripture is the action of God through Christ is to transform, heal, regenerate, recreate human beings to restore us back into unity with God. There is nothing penal legal, and there is nothing economic involved in that setting. I will come in a moment, and make sure you remind me before we run out of time, about how do you deal with the metaphors of Scripture that Talk about a purchase price or a ransom price. We'll talk about that in a minute, but I want to expose another f problem with how Satan uses human economies to corrupt. Satan typically will try to set up two systems that are both false and then pit those systems against each other and have people pick either one and fight against the other mm -hmm. when both of them are his. Okay. All right. The buying, selling, and owning is classic capitalism yeah. in various forms, but it's capitalism. That's, that's one of Satan's systems. And you have to understand that that system, which you can own stuff, is all about the accumulation of wealth. And without government regulation, self-restraint, those systems always end up exploitive and abusive with a few extremely wealthy people exploiting the masses to give them more wealth, where it's the historic aristocracies, where it was the railroad barons or the various uh, coal barons of the previous century or two that kept people impoverished just so they could make more. Uh, those systems always hurt the working class in order to enrich a few elites. That's capitalism in its historic form. Mm -hmm. That's one of Satan's methods, and you can see that it abuses the vast majority of people. But it's pitted now in our society against Marxism, or known as socialism. And the core principle of Marxism is, and Marx taught this, that he identified ownership of property as evil. Therefore, if we could get, a, get rid of ownership of property, you don't own things, then we could have equality of the social classes. And thus his solution, though— was even a greater corruption and more vile than capitalism. Because in Marxism, no one owns anything. All property is owned by the state, which supposedly is to solve the problem of worldly selfishness. But instead, it creates a system in which the state becomes supreme over everything, including the people. Thus, the embedded lie within Marxism and socialism is that people are, are blind to, especially when they come from the impoverished class and are looking for more equality. They don't see it till later. But the embedded lie is that in all socialist, Marxist, communist countries, the state is more valuable than the people. And in Marxism, individuals are only valuable as long as they serve the state. And thus, ultimately, the state owns everything, including the people. They become property of the state, de facto property of the state. And in every instance in human history where socialism actually becomes the controlling power in a state, the state eventually ends up abusing, 
imprisoning, impoverishing, and even committing genocide against its own citizens. So both systems, capitalism and Marxism, are corruptions of God's economy. Satan pits them against each other and gets people to pick one, and they're still in Satan's kingdom. Dr. Jennings, we just as human beings tend to go to extremes one way or the other. Why can't we walk down the middle of this road? We can only walk down the middle if we're walking the path of truth. Hmm. And God's economy is the kingdom of love and forgiving, the gospel of grace, and the Bible metaphors about payment are not economic in nature. The ransom price that he paid, they're the objective achievement. So think of it this way. If your child was dying of renal failure— and you donated a kidney to save your child, could we say you paid a high price to save your child? Sure. But that's not an economic price, as in the sense of an artificially set price that you have to pay. It's the price that the condition itself requires in order to heal or to save. And so, yes, God did pay an infinite price in sending his son to be our savior, but that was not an economic price, nor was it a legal price. It was the price our condition required. Now, if you think about a ransom, a ransom is the price necessary to set one free from bondage. Mm -hmm. So think through what holds human sinners in the bondage of sin. And I will tell you, there are two, two things that tie us into sin. One, lies about God that we believe keep us from trusting him and hold us in sin. Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Set you free. There it is, the price that frees us from the bondage of lies. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So he is the truth that sets us free from the lies about God, and he revealed that truth ultimately at the cross. So he paid a high price to reveal and bring us that truth. But truth alone was not enough. That sets us free from distrust, opens our heart to trust, but but we, we have some other element of sin that holds us in bondage, and that is our own fallen carnal nature. And thus, we not only needed to trust God again, have the lies removed, we needed a new sinless human nature, and no human after Adam fell, was capable of achieving such a thing. So Christ came and became a real human being, was tempted in every way, just like we are, yet without sin, the Bible says in Hebrews 4.15. And then it says in James, we are tempted by our own desires, James chapter 1. And Christ in Gethsemane felt the pull of this nature tempting him to act to save self rather than sacrifice self, and he took that nature to the cross and killed it at the cross by, no one takes my life, I lay it down freely. Mm. In his free sacrifice of love, he eliminated that infection of fear and selfishness and rose again on the third day in a human nature free of the carnal drives. A new humanity, and thus he is the vine that we attach to, and we can receive a free gift from Christ of a new heart and right spirit. We get new motives, we get new desires. As Paul says, no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. And Peter says we become partakers of the divine nature. And so the price was truth to set us free from lies, and a new nature, a new life that we receive as a free gift from Jesus Christ. And that price was paid to you and me. My, 
it puts Calvary in a whole new light and in a beautiful, beautiful light, Dr. Jennings, because we have so distorted so much about our relationship with God and especially his relationship with us that we have always been people of extremes. We go way over here or we go way over there. The human economic system has perverted and corrupted what I just taught you. Yeah. The human economic system, it's an arbitrary payment. God demanded the blood. The blood has to be presented. He offers it to his father as a sacrifice. The father then accepts the payment. This is all artificial. It's arbitrary. It's based on human law and human economics, and it actually obscures and obstructs people from trusting God because if you don't have Jesus there paying him off with his blood, then God will kill you. You see, you can't trust him. So it perpetuates the lies, and so we don't even receive the payment of truth that Jesus sacrificed so much to give to us. We reject the truth he revealed, and we hold to the lies still about God, and we, when we continue to teach this through the human law and the human economic system. And it's only by getting back to seeing God as creator and his laws, his design laws, and accepting the truth that Jesus actually revealed that we can receive the truth and then receive the new heart that he offers us freely. Mm. Listener, this program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries, and they have a website, comeandreason.com. I invite you to go there and just sort of look around. There are books that you can uh, learn about. There are tracks for giving out to neighbors on a lot of these subjects, television programs to watch, radio program, podcasts to listen to, Dr. Jennings' blogs are there. Just immerse yourself in what I believe and what a lot of people believe is the truth that Dr. Jennings presents here and helps us learn to walk that middle road between those extremes that is so important. Dr. Jennings, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us today. We appreciate it. Thank you, Charles. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. Come and reason.